Ahoy there, shipmates! This is Captain Trash from the Port Phillip Echo Center in St. Kilder. Did you ever hear the crow in the sky going, Ah! 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 That stands for reuse, reuse, recycle. And you heard it first on 3CR. You're listening to 3CR's Renegade Economist with your host, Carl Fitzgerald, as we investigate the role of landlords, bankers and natural monopolies through the eyes of the commons. Our birthrights, our birthrights. I have a confession. In 2007, we bought our Bray Bronx home for $230,000. On May the 4th, be with us, my lovely wife Raina and I signed the contract of sale on that property for $730,000. A $500,000 windfall for a Georgist. How on earth do you justify that? Virtually more than I had earned in a decade, delivered to me in unearned incomes. This naturally rising value of location, location, that this wretched economic system ignores, where your possible tax cut is instead the ride to riches for insiders. Hopefully we're going to put it to good use. We've bought a 30-acre farm north of Kyneton and have set in motion the wheels to do what I've been wanting for so long, to see a community land trust in operation here in Australia. So... Any Kitan listeners out there, please uh, get in touch via renegades at earthsharing.org.au. Would love to make the connection. Anyone who has an idea for a uh, community land trust with uh, a strong permaculture angle, with the themes of grow, heal and build, where we're healing the damage within our wider communities caused by the existing economic and social structures and paying respects to the traditional custodians, Aboriginal land rights. Can it be all juggled? Well, it's going to be one interesting journey and just so many people want 
to find a place to uh, interact with the land and be creative to add to community values. And the great tragedy we have at the moment is uh, whenever we do create a beautiful community, the escalation of interest leads to skyrocketing land prices and from that... uh, those original community catalysts uh, are often pushed out by rising rents as the wannabes move in and cleanse the community of the creative spirits. So that's where a community land trust is a micro version of our macro utopia of uh, this broad-scaled tax reform where we switch taxes off our incomes even off companies, and replace it with a a charge on monopoly rents where the land component will uh, fund over half of uh, government revenues. Last year, Australian land values increased by some $258 billion, and the combination of both income taxes and company taxes equated to $265 billion. So the money is there. Australia is one of the only places on the planet that still values its land. But uh, each and every week, uh, the cuts continue to uh, the forms of uh, the commons that were established by past generations to ensure that Australia didn't become another nation overtaken by aristocratic interests where the everyday worker has... uh, Less and less rights. So uh, this is something that uh, <clears throat> you know I've been passionate about for uh, nigh on a decade here on 3CR. So uh, hopefully you can see that uh, these economic rents, this half a million dollars that uh, I've been lucky enough to, uh, I can't say earned, that, I, that I've earned in my sleep, uh, as John Stuart Mill would say, uh, the famous... Uh, 18th, 19th century uh, economist, uh, yeah, but uh, we are going to put those rents to good use by uh, hoping the Hepburn Shire can assist in uh, rezoning this land and from that we'll be able to uh, uh, build up a rental stream so that we can afford the base for affordable housing and from that uh, hopefully in time we'll be able to... Um, evolve into the city to help break up the logjam that's uh, just surrounding communities on so many fronts. And what a world of irony it is, me telling that story, to uh, Mr Andrew Forrest, the Australian multi-billionaire who uh, this week has had the nation lunging to his feet in congratulations for a $400 million donation he's given to the predictables of education and health. And good to see he's given something for uh, uh, Indigenous uh, poverty and trying to break the the cycle there. Uh, But talk about teaching man to fish. None of that's occurring because none of the money is heading towards economic reform. And here we have the guy who led this charge to skewer the mining tax, now using that easy money to assign to his pet projects. The world of cronyism, where uh, we demand a fair outcome, would be for the democratic distribution of those uh, uh, economic rents from mining uh, back to the people. 
So <clears throat> every day I'm looking in the financial review and um, j- just pinching myself. All the stories we've been talking about for so, so long are uh, apparent. Uh, yesterday, house price risk hit small banks. There's a Dani pressuring for a, a royalty holiday in Queensland, trying to get out of paying uh, the minor uh, vacancy tax uh, they've got up there. Today, we've got S&P warns on big bank taxpayer bailout. And uh, I must uh, alert you to uh, page 33 of the AFR today where uh, uh, the heading was a vacancy tax, no money spinner, says uh, Michael Bleeby. And uh, the Property Council have their typical poo-pooing of this sort of um, revenue raising saying that it's an urban myth and uh, it's really not going to raise much money. This will end up being a tax that costs more to enforce than it raises, says uh, Property Council Chief Exec uh, Ken Morrison. But uh, I'm happy to say that finally we had uh, a final word over the property lobby, at least in this stoush, where it said, Housing think tank Prosper Australia, which lobbies for a broad land tax, said a vacancy tax was a step in the right direction. A variety of measures such as water consumption or postal analysis can be used without notice to verify vacant property at little administrative cost, Prosper Director Carl Fitzgerald said. The cost to society of ever-increasing housing prices demands action. So that's at least something that's happening, but I think I've mentioned it before, but uh, I'll remind you again that the vacancy tax is uh, essentially a populist measure uh, an element of uh, uh, protectionism for uh, domestic land bankers uh, who uh, specialise in the game of mates. A few years ago, we had Matthew Guy enact the Neighbourhood Residential Zoning, which ensured uh, uh, nimbyism reigned in the eastern suburbs of Melbourne. And everyone thought, my God, how outrageous. Uh, uh, there's no multi-density uh, building to happen in the eastern suburbs. Aren't they lucky? But of course, the uh, the big picture story was that it was going to channel more development out into the sprawl, out into the land banks where some of the wealthiest types uh, uh, own huge, huge land banks. And from that, uh, they, they were going to benefit from uh, added demand, uh, uh, boosting up these economic rents. And reminds me of uh, this statement, the sport of cockfighting where two birds are set before each other and so enraged as to claw each other to death, is not so revolting as this vilest system which pens whole populations within the narrow confines of a restrictive land system, loads them with oppressive taxation, insults them with wretched dolls and wage pittances, and then goads them to fly at each other's throats by the millions for some incomprehensible ideology and for the vested interests of the few. So said Douglas J.J. Owen in 1900 in A Philosophy of Peaceful and Practical Steps. So, uh, yeah, Asian developers reset land prices is another uh, angle that fits into this meme of uh, the, the vacancy tax. And what's basically happened with the vacancy tax is it's only on foreigners. Uh, the state government started it off by uh, charging a 1% tax on properties within the middle ring of Melbourne. 
So as far out as Box Hill and in the east and Eltona in the west, any property deemed to be vacant would uh, be paying 1% on the value of that. So $700,000 properties paying some $7,000. We were involved with uh, negotiations on how that tax was to be implemented at Vic Treasury. Unfortunately, uh, most of the the meaty topics were uh, taken off the agenda um, in terms of uh, uh, the the real nitty-gritty, but it was good to see how Treasury had planned it out. It was better than we thought, but still confining it to these uh, middle suburbs was going to channel more and more demand out into uh, the sprawling land banks And uh, in this article on page 32 of today's AFR, Asian developers reset land prices. A quote comes through, an Asian developer told me their strategy was to buy as much as we can as quickly as we can and develop them slowly over a long period of time. Now, for regular listeners, there's nothing new about that statement. That is uh, Land Banking 101. Uh, This is the recipe for staged releases where uh, developers can uh, pay the property council to uh, scream till they're black and blue that there's not enough land supply. Meanwhile, they slowly drip-feed properties in stage release after stage release. Do yourself uh, a bit of research and uh, send me an email. What number staged release are they up to? Uh, Out in uh, the west... Goodness me, the name is escaping me now. There's so many developments out around Wyndham, Tarnit, all through there. Atherston is uh, one of the big ones. There's another one there. Uh, it's escaped me for the moment. But uh, they've all got, you know, the one I'm thinking about, it's got 150-plus stage releases so far. It's just incredible that no one is saying this is a form of price fixing. So... Yeah, it's um, becoming more and more apparent that uh, uh, a lot of money is coming out of China and uh, they're just trying to launder it through our property. Uh, There's no questions asked when cash deals are paid generally. And from that, uh, once they've uh, uh, cleansed uh, $925,000 on a quarter acre block in uh, the Bray Bronx, God, I wish we'd got that price. Um, Yeah, the... uh, uh, no questions are really asked, but it was interesting to see that Rory Costello, director of Villawood Properties, who's been on this show once before, uh, said uh, the cost of uh, buying zoned land had doubled in the past five years to about one million a hectare in Melbourne and was even worse in Sydney, with developers paying an uneconomical 4.5 to 5 million a hectare. We've stepped back from the cash play and are looking at doing more joint ventures with landowners instead. It's silly to pay these sorts of prices. We're going to wait for the dust to settle. So how's that? A developer saying, I'm not going to do cash deals for new sites because of the prices paid. So, uh, yeah, that's good to see there. But, of course, uh, the interest uh, Costello is probably seeing is that if they do a joint venture, then uh, they too can benefit by... uh, keeping hold of the land and then developing them slowly over a long period of time. 
Meanwhile, uh, the vacancy statistics, according to uh, uh, the Real Estate Institute of Victoria, according to uh, even SQM monitoring, uh, SQM marketing, which uh, data scrapes the advertised uh, properties on the market, it still doesn't include those that are held for capital gains that are slowly uh, released to the market because uh, it doesn't look at all the other properties they've got there. So I've got a, uh, a report I'm trying to develop. I'd love some more uh, volunteers. If you're an economist or if you're into geospatial analysis, uh, please get in touch with us here at the Renegade Economist because uh, I need to develop an army. I wish I had uh, 15 colleagues working with me in my office, but I'm the only full-timer, and uh, that's going to change soon as we move to the countryside. So uh, we need uh, more resources. We need more assistance to try and represent uh, uh, this inequality that's uh, hitting so many people. And whilst I'm spending a bit of time talking about foreign investors here, we must remember that uh, uh, even though... um, uh, one report in The Age this week said that uh, Chinese uh, purchases are snapping up some 25% of new sales. Well, uh, domestic investors will be taking up the other 25% and uh, you know, home buyers have to scramble for the last 50% of the market. Back in the 80s, uh, investors uh, in total only equated to some uh, 12% of the market. So, uh, yeah... There's a lot there to um, consider on uh, how the tax game has changed, how the the easy credit has uh, encouraged these higher prices. But we like to say that, look, if we had a land tax in place, it wouldn't matter how much credit there is out there because uh, uh, those profits they're seeking would be taxed away. And when so much credit is based on land prices, that's the underpinning element to it all. Uh, it's uh, crucial that uh, we get this uh, big picture story uh, implemented because not only does it keep a lid on uh, the growth of the money supply, but it also uh, encourages small business, uh, self-funding public transport, true cost economics, uh, reducing the wealth gap and encouraging decentralisation out of these mega cities, which uh, have, have basically driven me crazy after driving Australia. Uh, just can't believe how big Melbourne is. Time for your Bloomberg Quick Take, where we dive into the context and background to various issues. Data today showing April housing starts and building permits came in lower than expected. So let's bring you more on the topic. Home ownership, it's a big part of the American self-image. And because of that, the U.S. government provides a lot of support. This includes federal income tax deductions for mortgage interest and property taxes. The U.S. also employs programs to keep interest rates low by reducing the risks that mortgage lenders take on. Many countries have higher rates of home ownership. Few underwrite it to the same extent. Here's the situation. In 2016, the U.S. home ownership rate stood at 63.5%, where it was two decades ago. The tight credit market is preventing many renters from taking advantage of the recovery, as are rising prices. Before becoming U.S. Treasury Secretary, Steven Mnuchin said it was a priority for President Donald Trump to end government control of Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac, which are the largest providers of mortgage funds. Now, Mnuchin has not yet said what he wants Fannie and Freddie to become. Last week, President Trump said he would offer a tax reform package that would keep the federal tax break for interest paid on mortgages. However, he would eliminate the deduction for payment of state and local taxes, including property taxes. 
Here's the background. The home ownership rate in the U.S. is neither high nor low by international standards. Contrary to conventional thought, high home ownership doesn't really appear to be a sign of economic health. Owning a home limits the ability of job seekers to move. It adds to commute times and can hamper business formation. Former Soviet bloc countries tend to have high rates because they simply handed over their public housing to residents. Here's the argument. While the crash showed how risky buying a home can be, the housing industry and consumer advocates say home ownership can put families on a path to financial stability by forcing savings, providing a place to retire and allowing for appreciation. It also makes for involved citizens and lower crime. That was Bloomberg. Thank you very much. And we're switching over to America, if you haven't guessed, uh, to discuss the new Trump tax plan, which, uh, as we feared, uh, real estate uh, write-offs uh, and subsidies are at the forefront. We've talked about how uh, the massive $1 trillion infrastructure plan there is akin to property developer welfare. You've heard me talk about how uh, infrastructure leads to uh, a more competition. I live near that train station, so the land prices escalate through the roof, and whoever that lucky landlord is uh, makes an absolute killing. So uh, that's the background on the infrastructure front. Well, uh, his his great tax reform is to uh, <clears throat> write off, uh, well, to actually curtail the interest a write-off that's available to homeowners on their mortgage to uh, home loans only above $608,000. So only the wealthy people will be able to engage in what is uh, similar to our negative gearing write-off here where uh, uh, basically in America you cannot, uh, you can only limit the mortgage interest uh, write-offs on your own property. You can't do that as an investor. So it's a little bit better over there, but uh, uh, the wealthy will be able to uh, write off their um, mortgage interest costs over $608,000. So it'll probably push up uh, property prices in the upper echelons and push them down in the lower echelons, particularly with the fact that they can't write off their property taxes anymore, which is a good thing for affordability. But when you think about it, first off, you're imagining that the poor are getting ripped off. But for those who are buying into the market, they have to incorporate those property tax charges into their purchasing decision. And that represents... Uh, a, a tussle for that uh, income between the banking sector, uh, the cronies and uh, government. And that's what we're talking about when we say uh, uh, this is all about giving yourself a possible tax cut instead of allowing the wealthy to get wealthier. And so if we push up land taxes, uh, in America they have the tax on the uh, land and the building which is ridiculous, leading to all sorts of negative outcomes. But, uh, yeah, there's um, quite a lot of concern because uh, reducing incentives to buy could benefit large publicly traded landlords, including equity, residential and single-family rental companies such as Blackstone's Invitation Homes and Colony Starwood Homes, whose co-chairman Tom Barrack was a key Trump supporter. Now, remember, Blackstone CEO Stephen Schwartzman is the head of the business uh, roundtable for Donald Trump. So they're all in there licking their lips, uh, thinking, how can we make a killing? And what we're seeing in America is a battleground being drawn between uh, the Wall Street-related financial behemoths and the real estate industry. 
which uh, has seen the powerful National Association of Realtors spend $10.2 million lobbying Congress in the first quarter, more than any other organization except the U.S. Chamber of Commerce. So, uh, yeah, it's it's a really interesting battle what's going to happen there. I think in the long run, um, the National Association of Realtors is concerned because they are seeing that this new form of corporate slumlordery that's coming through is going to uh, establish... Uh, a base to uh, to to rents and enforce higher and higher prices within this corporate structure. There's going to be less property turnover, and uh, it's <clears throat> just absolutely harrowing, listeners. I want you to look up in the New York Times an article called Jared Kushner's Other Real Estate Empire, and uh, he in January he uh, um, stepped down as the CEO of uh, his company called JK2 Westminster. How official does that sound? Uh, well, uh, he's, this is one of the most harrowing stories I've read in a long time. Uh, uh, Jared Kushner, the slumlord, uh, t- they featured a woman named Kamaya Warren who uh, left before her lease expired but had her property manager sign the early release form, tick all the boxes and say, uh, yep, you're, you're fine to go, you've paid all your, your dues, uh, away you go. Uh, but two years later, about a year after Kushner bought the estate, she was sued for $3,000 in, uh, in a court summons. Uh, this dragged on for four years plus and uh, got to the stage where they were garnishing her wages. Hadn't heard that term, but they basically were uh, accessing her bank account and taking her money thanks to a court order. Talk about a corporateocracy, uh, not much uh, there. Uh, Here she is, a single mum battling against uh, the big boys. She didn't have a copy of the paperwork. Finally, she did after five years and some minor victory there, but she still had to pay thousands of dollars and got to the stage where she didn't even have a bank account because they were taking so much of her money. There was another example, one of many, many, where uh, they took a struggling woman's estate to court after she'd just died of cancer to pay unpaid rents due to shareholder responsibility was the uh, corporate overlord lawyer's uh, statements. And uh, this article goes on to interview people who've worked on both sides of the landlord-tenant litigation and, uh, you know, they were sort of saying, why are they doing this over, you know, hundreds of dollars? These aren't big figures. But they basically got down to the depth of it that uh, it's it's not hard to track people in, in a world of uh, big data and uh, these new tentacles such as Palantir, which... Uh, pull together uh, all sorts of data sources to track you down. So uh, really uh, quite scary to see what's happening there uh, as these corporate overlords uh, sneak into uh, our communities. Yeah, so they've also done the same things that uh, other corporate landlords have done where uh, rent is uh, marked officially late if it arrives after 4.30pm on the fifth day of the month. Uh, Westminster recently made paying the rent much more of a challenge. Uh, you couldn't pay by money order anymore. You had to go into, wait for it, Walmart, uh, to pay via a, a, a special card that carries a $3.50 uh, fee for every payment. Okay, so, uh, gee, I wish I had another half hour to keep talking. I'm just getting fired up here because the SEC probes rental home values backing private equity bond deals. 
A repeat of the past, US regulators are investigating whether bonds backed by single-family rental homes are used over valuations, says Bloomberg. Goodness me, this sounds just like the last form of uh, security meltdown where we had residential-backed mortgage securities which were given AAA ratings uh, based on faulty income, Ninja, all sorts of tricks used there. Well, now they're using drive-by valuations. Yeah, basically, Blackstone and other groups have been encouraging companies, probably only employing companies, if it's anything what Goldman Sachs was doing, who overinflated the value of properties so that they could then sell bonds backed up by the rental payments from these properties. Uh, Blackstone recently floated for $1.54 trillion, and uh, very promptly, you heard in that clip, uh, uh, U.S. Treasurer um, Munchkin, whatever his name is, saying uh, he wants Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac to uh, to, to step out of uh, their social housing role where there they were backing uh, Blackstone Capital with the taxpayer-funded uh, $1 billion loan so they can go through communities and buy up more and more of it. As Boing Boing finds that real estate bubbles lower the birth rate. Shelter is a human necessity second only to food on Maslow's hierarchy of needs, but it's also an asset class that is increasingly relied upon by the world's super-rich for money laundering, rent extraction and simple investment. This creates a dilemma for governments who are under pressure to ratchet up the cost of a fundamental human necessity in order to enrich a minority of wealthy land and property owners. The Australian Bureau of Statistics estimates uh, that somewhere between 2023 and 2029 there will be more people in a relationship living without children than families with kids. Oh, my goodness. When will there be a revolution on the streets? When will I get 100 members to Prosper Australia in a week via prosper.org.au? Come on, people. uh, Support us and uh, support 3CR coming up for the Radiothon in a few weeks. Uh, My name's Carl Fitzgerald. Uh, Thanks so much for being with us uh, here on the beloved 3CR Airwaves.